welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. Well, there's the introduction again. It's a three-peat. Three weeks in a row I've got that Tecmo Bowl introduction instead of the uh, traditional uh, Godfather Purple Mafia introduction. Well, maybe if you're out there, I mean, out there, let me know. Let me know which one you prefer. I'm I'm enjoying that Tecmo Bowl one, at least for the time being. But, yeah, let me know. I mean, if you really missed the, the uh, Mafia one, let me know on the Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. Or if you like the Tecmo Bowl one, let me know. Just to post it in the comments, if you could. That'd be great. Uh-huh. Let's just stop delaying the inevitable here. Minnesota today. Well, they actually played fairly well, but not good enough. Still lots of flaws all over the place with the quarterback. Flaws here, holes there. Uh, just, it's, just this, it's just another loss. You know, I mean, which some people say, obviously, out there, you could lose by 50, you could lose by 3. A loss is a loss, and I do agree with that. It's very frustrating. Um, it's nice to see the Vikings perform better, I suppose. Though, of course, they were going to perform better than they did last time the Vikings played the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field. That was uh, a joke that I don't even want to remember. I don't have the score in front of me right now, but I remember it was like 40-something to like 7. No, 14, <laughs> basically. Um, it's like, who cares? I basically blotted that out of my mind because what was that whole game? Pick 6, Ponder, Special. That's basically all it really was. And um, the defense that had no answer for Aaron Rodgers. Today, the defense looked all right. In fact... To basically start things out, the Green Bay Packers had to punt the ball twice to open the game, which is unbelievably rare. The announcers were mentioning that too. So that's a that's good. That's a nice <laughs> merit for the Mike Zimmer defense here. They were prepared defensively. Offensively, well, they were better than last week. A lot better than last week, considering, well, Teddy Bridgewater finally had a multiple touchdown game. Though he is starting to pick up some bad habits. That's uh, that's not the main theme of the show today, but it is a theme. And it is something that tends to happen with young quarterbacks. It's a matter of can he work his way out of the bad habits and the bad mechanics and such, which Judd Zelga talked about on, uh, what, what do they call that, vent line on AM 1500. Not that they need a plug from me, and they really don't, actually. I could use a plug from them, but yeah. Uh Lots of recurring themes in this game as well versus last week. Charles Johnson is like the number one receiver again because the other guys aren't really open or they're not catching the ball or God knows what else. Charles Johnson targeted 11 times today with three catches. Three. But uh, 11 targets for Charles Johnson, though some of them probably were obviously the <laughs> throwaway type passes to avoid the pass rush, which is another uh, bad habit, another... <laughs> ongoing theme that we've been witnessing pretty much the entire season. Mm. Yeah, Matt Khalil, obviously terrible again. Leads the NFL in sacks allowed, which was uh, which the announcers were kind enough to mention today, and I'm not mad at them for doing that. I mean, we might as well state the, state the obvious, I suppose, or the truth hurts, or whatever you want to call it. It's almost like the title of this episode could be It Is What It Is. But this is going to be a dynamic show, a dynamic title to the episode, because 
there's a million ways you can go. You could call it bad habits. You could call it same old, same old. You could call it moral victory. You could call it uh, more baby steps part three. I don't know, baby steps part three, I guess, which I think uh, Robin Sullivan mentioned on the, on the Twitter page, on the Twitter account late there. And yes, there were some baby steps again. So we'll start off with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, he's yeah, he is continuing to improve in some ways, but again, the bad habits are starting to pick up a little bit, which is a little scary. The interception he threw today was uh, kind of nuts. I I don't know, it was kind of a wild throw, and he had multiple wild throws today. And we're like, what what was he thinking? And then others that were just flat out inaccurate, like way overthrown too high and all that, and that could have been multiple interceptions, and yeah, that's a recurring theme. That might be the title of the episode, because it kind of catches to a lot of things, catches on to a lot of things, a recurring theme of errant passes, <laughs> recurring theme of the defense playing well, but giving up the game at the end, giving up the ghost, per se, the recurring theme of the Green Bay Packers beating the Minnesota Vikings, regardless of if it was a close game, a blowout, or whatever, but a recurring theme, a recurring theme of the offensive line being a turnstile. Yes, that's overused, but I'll use it anyway, because what, what, what do you want to call them? A hologram? Whatever they are, they're giving up sacks. And they're, it's not even the amount of sacks that they're giving up, it's the fact that Teddy Bridgewater has no time to throw the football. You can't make good plays when you have, don't have time to throw the football, <laughs> unless you're Kurt Warner. And Kurt Warner had a better offensive line in Arizona than this Viking team, I'll tell you that. That guy had the fastest receiver in the history of football, bar none. That guy had an even faster re- uh, release than pretty much anybody, even the Bradys and the uh, the, the Favs to, to a point, and Aaron Rodgers. But, but a recurring theme. The good news is, well, not only did the Green Bay Packers not score 50 points, they didn't score half of 50 points. They came close to scoring half, but they just didn't. So there you go. No three-peat for Green Bay. <laughs> there you go. That's not a recurring theme. So good, good. <laughs> the recurring theme also, though, is that Teddy Bridgewater does show signs that he is a... Le- I think he's a legit starting quarterback in the NFL long-term. Um, obviously, the rookie mistakes we're going to have to suffer through, unfortunately. You just hope and pray that his mental toughness that he does have continues to develop, despite the fact he has to be thrown to the wolves versus learning, you know, in practice on the sidelines and stuff where Matt Castle's out there getting killed by the offensive line and the defensive line of our opponents. So that's another recurring theme. And one more, so that's definitely going to be the title of this episode because I'm a very dynamic guy. I, I like to come with a feel. (laughs) <laughs> come in with a feel while I do the show, is that Teddy Bridgewater, for the most part, was, eh, you know, halfway decent, but always really good at the end of the half. That's another recurring theme. At the end of the half and the end of the game, very clutch. So the whole Gump thing is a trend, not a mirage. That's good news. So there's another recurring theme. All right, so <laughs> where do we go again from here? <laughs> Like I was talking about the other recurring theme that's driving me crazy, and I'm probably driving you crazy by telling you about those two words as I keep saying them. That's another one of those two words, <laughs> recurring theme, is that I keep saying it over and over again. Um, is that, again, the Vikings defense giving things up late, the rush defense not real good the whole game. 
one stat right here that just kind of says it all. And yes, it's an average for the game. It's an average for the game. So, oh, well, you, you can't just go off the average for the game and all that good stuff. But um, when you consider that he didn't have any major break, loot, break breakaways or anything being Eddie Lacy, as long as the game was a 16er, he averaged 5.0 yards a carry. And when a team is ahead, when the team is ahead, which the game day Packers were pretty much the whole game, except for a couple of tie, well, except for a tie for a while, the seven-seven tie, you're not going to win the game. You're not going to win the game because the chains are moving. You know, especially yeah, when you're behind and the chains are moving. I mean, it's over. Pack a lunch, regardless if it's close or if it's a blowout. Pack a lunch. It's <laughs> it's unfortunate. That is a very frustrating recurring theme during the course of this game. Good thing, though, Mike Zimmer and Norv Turner kind of opened things up a little bit more this game than they did it, than they have in the past. A little bit more. You saw a little bit more. You did see a lot of the same old stuff again, like the... You, you did see a lot of dump passes, but mostly because they're bailing, they were bailout-type passes because... Teddy Bridgewater was being rushed and hurried and all that good stuff. But things were opened up a little bit more. A little teensy-weensy bit more along the way. Go ahead and laugh when I say that. But at the same time, also, things were... The coaches were a little more aggressive on fourth down, which I did appreciate. Back-to-back fourth down conversions were attacked during the course of this one. And, of course, one of them that would have been a fourth down, uh, well... It looked like a conversion, but it ended up not being one. Ended up being a penalty on Green Bay anyway. So that was good news, a roughing the passer. That helped the Vikings, well, get a field goal later on in the game. (laughs) That ended up being, putting the Vikings uh, closer anyway. In the third quarter, making it 14-13. Gave us a little hope there. Keeping the Vikings close to the Green Bay Packers. But we all kind of had a pretty good idea who was going to win the game. Despite the fact the Vikings and Packers know each other so well. It just kind of is what it is. It's the same old story. The Packers are on a run right now. Even though they didn't score a million points today, they're on a run. And they were getting their third downs that they needed, 6 of 11 for the day. And they were more clutch down the stretch. Getting first downs (laughs) along the way. It's beyond frustrating when all you need to do is get a stop of some kind. Just, just you know they're going to run when you know the Packers are going to run the football. This is, of course, in the fourth quarter with the Vikings only down by three after a really wonderful drive by Teddy Bridgewater. Time-consuming five-minute drive to put the Vikings, uh, semi-time-consuming five-minute drive to get the to put the Vikings within three, a touchdown and two-point conversion and all that good stuff. But when the Vikings could not stop Eddie Lacy time after time after time, it was literally five, six yards every single time. There's no way in hell you're going to win a football game that way. And that's what drove me absolutely crazy because everybody knew the Packers were going to run the ball because why wouldn't they run the ball in that situation? Run the clock, burn the clock, stay in bounds? Why would you want to have an incomplete pass, stop the clock, and give the Vikings a chance? Why would you want to risk an interception? Green Bay knew what they were doing, (laughs) without a doubt. And Eddie Lacy, apparently... (laughs) More than knows what he's doing out there. Rushing for 125 yards during the game overall. To me, he's the player of the game, despite the fact Aaron Rodgers was, as usual, extremely efficient. 
He only had 209 yards, though. That's the thing. 110 passer rating, though. My goodness, two touchdowns, not even close to an interception, except for, I guess, one uh, Harrison Smith play. But Harrison just wasn't close enough to make that one, unfortunately. Um, But Eddie Lacy was the player of the game. He was the Terrell Davis for the Green Bay Packers. He was the Terrell Davis. There's a reason why the Broncos won two Super Bowls. When you have a running back like that, that can just move the chains. The Vikings, there was nothing the Vikings really could do about Eddie Lacy pretty much throughout the entire game, and it was awfully frustrating to watch. Regardless of how good the defense is, or how improved the defense is, you thought the Vikings were just going <laughs> to... Thought the Vikings were going to get carved up by Aaron Rodgers? No, but it didn't matter. Eddie Lacy <laughs> barreled through the uh, front line of the Minnesota Vikings and did what he needed to do. Xavier Rhodes actually looked pretty good, knocking down some passes early on and and later on along the way. So that's another encouraging thing. Another thing that has been going on for a couple games now, or pretty much pretty much most of the year, is Xavier Rhodes is the kind of player that uh, can. He's going to be a good cornerback in this league for a long period of time, I believe. But overall, this game, though it wasn't bad, it wasn't the most entertaining thing to watch. It really wasn't, unfortunately. Uh, The Vikings signed (laughs) Ben Tate. And he didn't play at all. He didn't get any. He didn't get any rushes. Joe Banyard actually looked okay out there in limited carries. He was kind of the, he was the third down back today. Didn't look bad. Looking to make a name for himself. Jarek McKinnon did what he could, but again, not explosive. Really, the Green Bay Packers did what they needed to do in this one. It's another just kind of a messy game review, isn't it? There's not really much to say other than. <laughs> Not really much to say other than the Vikings. Just uh, they they had a chance to win this game, but they left plays on the field, numerous plays on the field. In a lot of ways, that's the theme of this game review. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater had Charles Johnson wide open. All he had to do was hit him in stride, and that would have definitely been a touchdown. That was during the third quarter. Definitely would have been a touchdown. Unfortunately, underthrew him a little bit. Made well, didn't really underthrow him too bad, but it was more or less inaccurate. It was kind of out of bounds a bit, but still catchable. So regardless of Teddy Bridgewater didn't throw a touchdown pass, Charles Johnson still he could have easily caught the ball. It was on his hands. It wasn't like the fingertips. It was all the way in, but it just bounced right out. So there were multiple plays left on the field, guys that were open that dropped easy easy passes. The receivers didn't help Teddy Bridgewater today, in a lot of ways. But there is a nice chemistry forming between Charles Johnson and Teddy Bridgewater. That's a good thing. Very cool to see Teddy Bridgewater throw two touchdowns for the first time in his career. It took a while, too, obviously. But uh, a similar play, a similar touchdown pass to Charles Johnson that was like uh, actually awfully similar to the touchdown passes he's thrown the past couple of weeks that were in stride and were accurate. So you got to like that. They were throws that made the receiver open. That was the good part. So there's the encouraging signs, the continued encouraging signs for Teddy Bridgewater. But again, like I said, the uh, the bad habits are a recurring theme a bit. So that's something definitely to uh, be aware of for the future of Teddy Bridgewater is hoping that he will get rid of those bad habits. 
Christian Ponder was nothing but bad habits. Teddy Bridgewater does have, obviously, uh, several more attributes than Christian Ponder long-term, in my humble opinion. So, an exciting game in some ways, but not exciting in a lot of ways also. It was a more of a defensive black and blue type of matchup. So, it would that that's what made it winnable. Unfortunately, the Vikings not clutched down the stretch. Wish Teddy Bridgewater had another chance with the ball. Maybe he wouldn't have heaved it into, into an opponent's hands with like 50 seconds remaining like he did last week. Maybe he would have been smarter this time around. But we'll, we'll never know. We'll have to wait till next time, I guess. Next week, next time, all that good stuff. So many stats were awfully close today, though. Total yards, Green Bay, 362, Minnesota, 308. Very close indeed. Uh, third down efficiency, Green Bay slightly better. 6 of 11, like I said, Vikings 5 of 12. Time of possession, the Packers had the ball about 3 minutes more than the Vikings. First downs, the Packers had 4 more than the Vikings. And, of course, two of those were, uh, well, <laughs> two of those basically ended the game. They put it on ice, unfortunately. So, yeah, a lot of the numbers were pretty close, which is kind of interesting when you think about it. It is. If only we were a little more clutch, maybe this would have been our game. But... Unfortunately, we're going to have to wait till next year to play the Packers again. Unless there's some kind of miracle comeback for the Vikings and we take them on in the playoffs in Lambeau Field much later. But we're not going to count on that happening at this point in time. So with that, I'm going to, I guess, end the game review. I mean, <laughs> the game wasn't pretty. The game review was what it was. It was what it was. Uh, there's some baby steps and a lot of recurring themes. It's just kind of, eh. Uh, Vikings did not get a whole lot of pass rush on Aaron Rodgers, ultimately. Only one sack by Brian Robinson, but at least he got a tackle, and that was his tackle today. Last week, he got no tackles whatsoever. Greenway looked okay. Munderland beat multiple times along the way today. That's another frustrating thing i got to mention. Um, that's pretty much what's bugging me right now. Robert Blandon was targeted several times in the game today, of course. That's why he got eight solo tackles. He didn't get eight solo tackles because he's a good... Uh, safety. It's because he was targeted. So, there you go. That's about all I have to say there. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers did have the guts to throw it at Xavier Rhodes. Sometimes they were caught and sometimes they weren't, but Xavier with two uh, pass deflections along the way. So, we'll kind of wrap up with that. Captain Munderland uh, beat multiple times along the way. Did not help us. Green Bay getting a lot of big first downs along the way that helped them win the football game with Captain Munderland's uh, mediocre, vanilla style. I, you know, it's like we all thought he was better than this, but I guess he isn't. So we'll we'll leave it with that. We thought we were better than this, but I guess we weren't. So there you go. We'll end with that. We're going to come back with uh, NFC North Roundup. And of course, we're going to preview the Carolina Panther game, which I'm thinking will be a little colder next week than this week. 48 degrees in TCF Bank Stadium. Who saw that coming? <laughs> like about, about two weeks ago, I bet everybody thought it would be freezing as all hell when the Packers came. No, 48 degrees, but next week won't be for at least Southern Carolina Panthers coming into town. Hopefully a victory for the Vikings. We'll see. We'll talk about it in the next segment. Hey, crisp, cool days and fall colors are upon us. Nothing tastes better this time of year than Zombie Monkey by Tallgrass Beer from Manhattan, Kansas. Zombie Monkey is a robust porter with a lot of amazing flavors that you will love. Don't forget to try 8-Bit Pale Ale, which is the official beer of this podcast. When you see Pac-Man licking his chops, you found an amazing can 
and an even better beer. Check out the many other wonderful beers Tallgrass offers on their website at www.tallgrassbeer.com. Use their beer locator to see what's available in your area. You can follow Tallgrass on Twitter, at TallgrassMN, and like them on Facebook. Just simply search for Tallgrass Minnesota. Tallgrass Beer, bringing people together over a beer since 2007. Too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Purple Mafia on iTunes for Apple devices. For Android, download the Double Twist app. And for Windows and BlackBerry phones, simply find us in the store. And now, back to Paladino Joey. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, the NFC North Roundup, and of course the Panther Preview, since we get to rhyme again, I guess, or like have a two P's together. I guess that's not really a rhyme. It just is what it is. Anyhow, yeah, you notice the Tallgrass segment, uh, still the fall ad for Zombie Monkey and all that good stuff. And of course, they're still out there in the stores, and I still recommend you go out and buy those. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I, I was talking about having the new winter commercial. I didn't get to it this week. Unbelievably busy. Hopefully I'll get it next week indeed. And of course, like I was saying, <laughs> with today's game anyway, much more of a zombie monkey autumn type of feel. Anyhow, at least for the time being. But uh, I got to think by next week I will have a <laughs> Buffalo Sweat, Vanilla Bean, Buffalo Sweat commercial on the next episode. So we'll see. We'll see what I can get going together. Should be good. Should be fun. And the beer's good too. All right, let's get to the preview. Now that I have extended the commercial, you're, you're welcome, Tallgrass. <laughs> Ah, Detroit, not thinking, uh, they're, they're not saying you're welcome at all after uh, the uh, New England Patriots basically blew them right out of Gillette Stadium in a big way in Boston, Massachusetts area. Foxborough actually is what it really is called, but it's Boston, Massachusetts. Boston, or greater Boston, Massachusetts. Detroit Lions are no longer in first place in the NFC North. The Green Bay Packers are the division leaders. And yes, this is my favorite segment right now because the Vikings are not having a very fun season. So it's more fun to just uh, talk football in general right now. <laughs> not cause not that I enjoy the Lions and the Packers doing well, but just saying. I mean, it's an enjoyable segment because I can kind of go off and whatever. I can go off on any type of tangent, make fun of the make fun of the Lions or whoever, or enjoy the way, the, the way they're playing, I suppose, even though I don't necessarily want them to win. But I'm very happy about the Patriots. 9-2 and two record. They are uh, really rolling through the, uh, the AFC right now. Could it finally be the year they win the Super Bowl again? It's been, it seems like it's been about 100 years since they won a Super Bowl. In fact, it's been 10 years. That's a long time. Ten freaking years since the Patriots won a Super Bowl. Maybe they'll get it done finally again, just like the Yankees did. In 2009, it took them since 2000 to win the World Series again. So, maybe here we go. Maybe the Patriots will win again. Alright, enough of my rambling. Patriots win 34-9. to They roll past a very good Detroit team. They look borderline invincible. They really do. Uh, unbelievable performance again by the Patriots. Just all over the place. They just got LeGarren Blunt back. And he got two touchdowns. So, congratulations for him. <laughs> unbelievable Two touchdowns for him, 6.5 a carry, 78 yards on the ground. Detroit really could not get the job done at all. And how about this? The Detroit Lions defensive line, 
as great as it was against Teddy Bridgewater, and it's been all year against other teams, back-to-back weeks with no sacks. Holy crap, Batman! You heard that, folks. Back-to-back weeks with no sacks for that defensive line. That's got to (laughs) hurt. The Vikings improving defensive line with only one sack today. But zero, zero. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> that sucks to be a Detroit Lions fan right now, even though they you know, they lost last week to Arizona, who today reality has set in for the Arizona Cardinals, a nineteen to three loss to the hands of the world champion Seattle Seahawks. I do not like that team, and it looks like the wind the <laughs> looks like the the winds are changing again in the NFC. West. We'll see what happens, though. Arizona still got a two-game lead on the Seattle Seahawks, but a costly loss for them today. Not a good game at all. Only three points. So, yeah, kind of related to today's game with Detroit a little bit. It was a defensive battle again. Um, Two last week's game, Detroit and Arizona, that is. But uh, back-to-back weeks, no sacks for the Detroit Lions. How about that? Just blows my mind. It, It really does. Nothing about the Detroit Lions today would impress anybody. Matthew Stafford couldn't even throw for 40%. He attempted 46 passes. He completed 18 of them. He threw an interception. Didn't even have a quarterback rating of 50. It was 49.5. Tom Brady actually did have an interception today, but his completion percentage, Aaron Rodgers-like in the 70s, the low 70s, 350 yards, 53 passes attempted, and like I mentioned, LeGarrette Blunt, two touchdowns along the way, 78 yards. What more is there to say? The New England Patriots whooped ass on the Detroit Lions, and that's it. I mean, let's just move on. Why ramble on and on about it? Green Bay Packers are in first now. So, yeah, and also another position in the division is no longer a tie either. The Chicago Bears are in third, and the Vikings are in fourth, and there's no tie of any kind. No tiebreaker, nothing. The Chicago Bears are five and six after beating (laughs) Lovey Smith and Leslie Frazier and Josh McCown. Well, we're happy for you. It was in Soldier Field. Yeah, congratulations to the Chicago Bears, I guess. <laughs> After the Bucks went up 10 nothing. That sounds familiar. Son of a biscuit. 10 to nothing. The Bucks went up 10 to nothing, just like the Vikings. And son of a biscuit. What the hell? Talk about recurring themes. 21-13. Oh my god! <laughs> that's kind of weird. Um, that's okay. What the hell's going on here? What's going on in Soldier Field? Is there ghosts in the building somehow of something? Was there like some type of game that changed the history history of the Chicago Bears that the final score was 21 to 13? Because how the hell does this happen? Like when's the last time this happened that the game literally went almost exactly the same? Matt Forte with two touchdowns. <clears throat> All right, it's getting kind of weird here. Alright, Jay Cutler with an okay game. Not the best game ever, but good enough. Only one touchdown pass, but accurate, efficient. Josh McCown, not quite like he was last year in Chicago. Familiar place, threw for some decent amount of yards. In fact, way more than double what Jay Cutler threw. Jay Cutler only threw for 130 yards. A pretty mediocre game manager type game. He did lose a fumble. Josh McCown, though, two interceptions. And 341 yards on the game. Or, uh, I mean, in, in the air, excuse me. That was weird. Doug Martin couldn't muster anything on the ground. So pretty much the Buccaneers had to pass. And, of course, the Buccaneers eventually fell behind in the game. Much to their chagrin, I'm sure. 
Only 27 yards on 11 carries for Doug Martin. That is not going to get the job done in any way, shape, or form. The Bears simply got the job done, despite the fact it was another ugly, boring, meh type of game. So I guess that pretty much sums up the NFC North today. Just a lot of boring, grinded-out type football, I suppose. Of course, uh, you know, obviously that's Chicago's offense was boring and grinded out, but they gave up a hundred. But they gave up no, they didn't give up that many. They gave up thirty-four points to the Patriots in a game that wasn't even close. It's just kind of that's eerie, man. The Bucks scored. The Bucks went up ten nothing and then lost twenty-one thirteen. That's eerie. <laughs> that's kind of funny, and it was in Soldier Field again. So, okay, whatever. I mean, congratulations, Chicago. Chicago caught up faster last week than they did this week, though. They didn't score their first points until midway or so through the third quarter. Well, one-third through the third quarter, we'll call it. <laughs> Wrap your head around that. And the Buccaneers finally uh, scored again, Scotty getting a field goal late in the fourth quarter, but still time enough to uh, possibly get a touchdown and a two-point conversion, but it was all for naught, ultimately, for Josh McCown and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Chicago. Lovey Smith, Leslie Frazier, Josh McCown, all back in Soldier Field. And, um, well, obviously Leslie Frazier's more further, a lot further removed from the Bears than McCown and Smith, but regardless, they were all back in Chicago, and uh, it was not a pleasant homecoming for them in that sense. Time of possession, the only difference in that was, a tw- was 20 seconds, so a huge difference from last week. That's not really similar to the Bears versus, uh, I mean, the Vikings and Bears versus this game. So, there it is. Weird recurring theme again. Okay, I guess this is deja vu. Recurring themes all over the place. Hopefully the Vikings play well against Carolina. Because <laughs> they did not get the job done against Carolina last year at all. Remember last season when the Vikings played against, <laughs> you yeah, know, they had uh, Matt Castle against the Carolina Panthers. Ultimately got Castle benched again because Christian Ponder gives us the best chance to win. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Oh, come on! <laughs> that's a joke. That's a laugh. Yeah, Christian Ponder gives us the best chance to win. In, in, in what universe? Seriously. In what universe? What what world? Seriously. Where, where are you coming from there? I have no idea. Uh, Cam. Cameron Newton. Obviously still at quarterback, no kidding, for the uh, Carolina Panthers, and he's a bit out of control, erratic, struggling. They had a bye week, though, so we'll see what happens with them, ultimately, in that case. Carolina Panthers, offensively, well, their passing game is good, even though Cam Newton is kind of all over the place and struggling a bit this year, at times. They have a, they have a nice, uh, they have some pretty nice receivers, of course. Greg Olson, one of the best tight ends in football. And of course, man, I gotta stop making smacking my lips like that. But um, despite the erratic play of Cam Newton, their wonderful rookie Kelvin Benjamin getting it done in a big way this season. Fifty-two catches, seven hundred and sixty-eight yards, eight touchdowns for Kelvin Johnson. So you can kind of guess who uh, is Kelvin Benjamin. Why did I call him Kelvin Johnson? Of course I called him Kelvin Johnson. Yeah, of course I did because I'm stupid. Kelvin Benjamin. It just came out wrong. Getting it done. A nice, nice rookie for the not-so-good Carolina Panthers. Certainly not having the kind of season they did last year, so that's unfortunate for them. Defensively, not the same, and offensively erratic. It is what it is 
for the Carolina Panthers. They're only 3-7 and seven on the season. They've lost five games in a row. They've scored 215 points, given up 300 on the year. A winnable game for the Vikings, and I think the Vikings can and should win the game. Carolina Panthers have no running game at all anymore. Uh, D'Angelo Williams is getting old. He's like 31, and he's just not that good anymore. He's not really doing anything. Um, Jonathan Stewart's not having much of a season at all either. Not sure what they're doing at the running game there. And of course, like I said, Cam Newton, very erratic. But we'll see if Kelvin Benjamin somehow can <laughs> change the Vikings' uh, fortunes in TCF Bank Stadium. As the Vikings will have, again, like I said, back-to-back home games. That's good news in TCF Bank. And it probably will be cold. Can't imagine the Carolina Panthers are going to like that very much. Though I would hope they're professional enough to prepare for it for their sake. And I'm sure they will be. I mean, they are an NFL. Yeah, obviously. Duh. No kidding. I mean, but uh, somehow I've got a good feeling about this game, to be quite honest. I like the progress the Vikings have made during the course of the season. Believe it or not, despite the fact they've been terrible at times, they've been inconsistent at times, and they've been predictable as well, (laughs) to to be blunt, with back-to-back close losses that just could make you pull your hair out. Just crazy to think we could be 6-5 and right now, and that's minus the Buffalo game. 7-4 7-4 and four if we won the Buffalo game. That's absolutely nuts when you think about that. It's absolutely nuts how close the Vikings could be to having an opposite record right now if they were just a little more clutch along the way. Oh, man. Oh, just a little more clutch along the way. Mm, it really does make you wonder. But, uh, yeah, the Panthers are actually 3-7-1 and one because they tied the Cincinnati Bengals earlier this year, which is really actually much more of a... a uh, <laughs> a demerit to the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, Mike Zimmer's former team. So, there you go. That's definitely a negative for them. Carolina Panthers, just they don't muster much of... They don't really muster much on offense and their defense, again, nothing like they were before. In fact, they've given up as many points as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year, if you can believe that, in less games. <laughs> Actually, in the same amount, pardon me. But regardless, uh, the same amount of games, they've given up as many points as the Bucks, And the Bucks have given up 50 points this year before, you know, at one point, And they've struggled quite a bit. They've improved a little bit since then. But still, I mean, doesn't make the Panthers look good. They've lost five in a row. Like I said earlier, I think the Vikings make it six in a row for the Panthers. And we, we break our losing streak. I'm sure everybody's excited about getting draft picks and all that good stuff. And... Like I've uh, like I wanted last year. Like I I enjoy draft picks and I enjoy the thought of getting a higher pick. But we're not going to get like a super high pick this year. And I don't know. There's no guarantee you're going to get somebody that's good. And of course, what's a what's what's one of the major recurring themes of today's show <laughs> and today's game is the fact that the Minnesota Vikings uh, drafted Matt Khalil in 2012 and the results that he's been given the Vikings week in and week out this season, and the fact he was even disappointing last year. Sophomore slump, we all hoped it was just a sophomore slump and now a junior jump, per se, for Matt Khalil. But it's been a... I I can't even think of anything. A junior joke for Matt Khalil. So, I mean, there's no guarantee you're going to get the right guy, and especially with the way Rick Spielman is, with his inconsistencies... Seems like he drafts better later in the first round than he does early. So, <laughs> I mean, I think that's pretty obvious, even though you might be able to 
question the Cordero Patterson pick. He's looking like a disappointment more and more. Talk about sophomore slumps. He is the king of sophomore slumps right now. So, I think the Vikings uh, score some points against the Carolina Panthers. I think they score some against us as well. But I think Mike Zimmer's defense will prove to be fatal for a struggling Carolina offense. Hopefully the Vikings' pass defense can be as good as it was today. Because it was good. And yes, the Green Bay Packers focused more on the run today than they did on the pass. They just they came in with a different approach. and well, it, In some ways it almost cost them the game. But in other ways, it finished the game off. So, rock and roll for the Packers, I suppose. In, in that sense. Carolina Panthers just, again, re- they bring no resistance from the running game whatsoever. I think the Vikings win a... <laughs> should I say the score? I, I think it's going to be... I, th- I think that's what kind of game it's going to be. It's going to be another boring black and blue game. I think the Vikings win 21-13. to 13. Yeah, I said it. 21-13 to 13 against the Green Bay... Uh, Green Bay Packers, I wish. Carolina Panthers. Panthers only muster 13 points in, in a colder TCF Bank Stadium. And the Vikings managed to score 21, a multiple touchdown pass game for Teddy Bridgewater again. We'll say two touchdowns for him and a touchdown on the ground or a defensive touchdown, whatever it is. But three touchdowns for the Vikings and then only two field goals and a touchdown for Cam Cameron Newton and the Carolina Panthers. There it is, 21-13, grind it out. Black and blue, believe it or not, because the two offenses are struggling a bit or it's more or less... Carolina's offense is slightly more exciting, but Zimmer's defense is so good. The Vikings' offense struggles, but is good enough to beat that not-so-good defense. So, there you go. Rock and roll. Minnesota wins. And 5-7, and seven, here we come. <sighs> yeah. If it's a lower draft pick, it's a lower draft pick at this point. Just, at the end of the day, it's not a matter of where you pick. It's just take the right stinking guy, that's all. Just, just take the right guy and take a left tackle if you could. That would be nice. We'll be back for the fan interaction right after this. Do you shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping, and Amazon sees that we referred you, and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com, and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Contact us and support Purple Mafia by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone lines at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. Fan interaction segment. No calls once again today. Maybe you're getting bored with me, bored with the team, whatever it is. Wouldn't mind another call again. Once again, it would be nice to hear from somebody again and have them on air, but at the same time, it was kind of nice during the cleanup season, I suppose, <laughs> and I would have probably been doing cleanups if uh, right now, if not for the uh, change in weather. If uh, maybe it was warmer for a longer period, though, I might have been doing cleanups again, too. Might have melted the snow, but, well, it is what it is. Everything is what it is. 
And due to the fact that I posted the uh, post-Bears and Viking game thread so late last week, there were a couple of really nice comments that didn't get read on air that I'm going to give their just due right now. There's just there's uh, four of them. Two from uh, Josh Mayer Henry, one from Gerald String, Solistar uh, Thomas, and Dave Hickey. So I guess it's five, but... Yeah, some are pretty, or yeah, some are shorter than others, but I'll, I'll get to them real quick because I think they deserve uh, some some airtime on this one. So apologize, bear with me, guys out there. So I guess this will make up for the missing call, I suppose. Um, Josh Mir Henry's responding to what Matthew Kyle said before, saying how he had four conclusions: our corners are awful, and they're no match for the Bears' receivers, and all that good stuff. And he's mad at. Uh, the cornerbacks and all that. So, uh, Josh Mary Henry saying he agrees that Robinson is crap. Robinson, Josh Robinson is crap, but Rhodes, yep, is only a second-year guy and plays very good. The O-line needs major help. They can't run, block, or pass, protect. Overall, the team has talent at many positions. The D had played a few very strong games. They are just not con- not constant, so probably, I'm guessing, consistent. Uh, Bridgewater can't throw an accurate ball more than 15 yards. Uh-huh. That's kind of disappointing, isn't it, when you think about that. I hope that changes. Uh, he says, really wish he could have sat a bit longer and learned the program more. Yeah, yep. Great take there. Very great take. That would have been a star candidate last week. So um, we'll keep that uh, thoughts in there. Unfortunately, being last week, it makes it a little tougher for this one. But we'll see. He may get a, he may get a star this week after all. Gerald String, back-to-back Gold Star winner, and that's really, really, really rare. Really rare. He says, I agree with Josh M., being Josh Mayer Henry. Uh, Generally, crappy teams draft really good quarterbacks in the first round, hoping to fix problems that most likely are much deeper than simply needing another uh, quarterback. You have to be able to control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. I think our defense is very good right now. Don't know what happened to the O-line. I know we have quite a few... Bucks committed to Khalil, but unfortunately, for whatever reason, he is a complete bust. The sooner we acknowledge that and move on to plan B, the better. I can't even blame Spielman on this. I wanted Khalil also. He is just a hes just a huge bust. I would cut him. I'm serious. <laughs> I would cut him. I'm serious. We aren't winning the Super Bowl this year anyhow. Let's send a message. Call the Jets and bring over Kovale and send, uh, send Khalil packing. And I will raise my hand and admit, I backed the drafting of Matt Khalil for months on this show in 2012. So to everybody listening, I do apologize. <laughs> I do apologize, but then again, it's like, I mean, how often does it happen where a, a left tackle is ranked as high as he is, and he's a complete flop? Very, very, very rare. And Khalil looked damn good in his rookie year, too. This is a strange, strange goings-on, and the hope is, the hope, somehow, someway, Khalil can rebound and get better, but it doesn't look like it. But just watch. He'll go somewhere else, and he'll play better. Probably. He'll probably never be the superstar tackle he was supposed to be, though, unfortunately. Very good comment, and that goes along with the gold star you got last week, Gerald. All the more reason he got it last week. That just makes it even stronger. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So we'll keep that as is. Josh Mary Henry saying, Quill is a decent option to replace Khalil. I all, I am also a Nebraska fan, so I watch all their games. He's a solid player and could become a good starting guard. So let's start Thomas saying, yep, Matt Khalil still stinks. <laughs> yep. Dave Hickey saying, I understand all the frustration the fans have. I'm frustrated too. 
If anybody thought we were going to the playoffs this year, then you were setting yourself up for failure right from the start. And I picked 8-8. Eight and eight. So, yeah, sorry, I just jumped in there. Back to Dave saying, uh, last year our biggest problem was our defense, and I believe we have improved dramatically in that. In that regard. We also had problems with our O-line. Yeah, we did. And that in no way is better. Khalil is the worst left tackle in the league. He went from the Pro Bowl his rookie year to being terrible ever since. How does that happen? Yeah, that's a mystery, isn't it? How does that happen, he says. We need to stop making excuses for him and sit his butt on the bench. Somebody on the bench probably wants a shot at making a name for themselves, and they definitely can't do any worse from what I've seen from Khalil. He don't, he don't seem to be putting much effort in his craft, for that matter. Big, fat fail on the sideline isn't much better. Being Phil Odehold, of course. Yeah, um, on the other side isn't much better. I said sideline, I think, on the other side. Yeah, right tackle. Or, yeah, right tackle versus the left tackle. Yeah, very good thoughts, Dave. Very good thoughts. And... It's tougher to replace a left tackle, though, than, uh, that's the crappy part. It's like, once you have a bad left tackle, you're kind of screwed for the year. You know, you have to, because it's very, really rare you have a competent replacement on the roster, barring some kind of miracle pickup or something in the, via trade or, or free agency. I don't know how that happens, but once in a blue moon, you might pick up somebody who's decent, I suppose. But, uh, it's looking like the draft, Dave. It's looking like the draft for left tackle and Matt Khalil. And uh, he'll probably get traded or let go. God knows what's going to happen. Who knows? So I had to go back in there. So apologize to anybody that might think I went back a little too far there. But it is what it is. I like to give people respect and give them their just due. Those were very strong, very good comments that deserved their time on air. So there you go. As always, I like to see what people say when I post the new show is up and all that. Last week's episode 182, Slump Busters, is up. Robin Sullivan saying, great job as usual, Joey. Let's pray for more excitement next week. It was slightly more exciting, Robin, but still, eh. You know, <laughs> yeah, it, it was more exciting. It was more exciting. I mean, it was, I was less distracted this week, but at the same time, it was uh, not that much more exciting, I suppose. Robin saying, trying to stay positive. Did you listen to Zimmer's postgame comments? And yeah, much later on, he was very upset about the clock uh, management in Chicago by the people there who just could not get the clock to work properly. It was quite a mess, without a doubt. Now we move on to the A section. Oh, goody. A section slash C section. Adrian Peterson suspended for the remainder of the season without pay. Thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I guess we have to go there for a brief time. And I'm going to wrap up the Adrian Peterson conversation after this uh, thread because it's I'm sick of Adrian. I'm not sick of Adrian Peterson. I'm sick of the conversation and the argument. Uh, me, okay, I'll, I'll get to my personal thoughts after the thread, and we'll wrap it up. Uh, Todd Grunlian simply saying, dumb. Mm-hmm. Tony Coleman saying, eh, I'm fine with it. I've already moved on. I can, uh, I didn't click like, I apologize. I can uh, understand your feeling there, how it's almost like, yeah, you figured he's probably not coming back anyway, so might as well just move on and enjoy the uh, running backs we have. Yeah, but at the same time, it's still frustrating. It is still frustrating. In a lot of ways. So, um, I can understand where Tony's coming from there. Josh Mayer Henry saying, that is some BS, I think. Goodell, but I think Goodell gets his way. The Players Union will probably fight it also. That's my thoughts. Dave Hickey saying, the NFL Players Union will appeal the decision. 
But all that comes out of that is he will get paid, but still suspended for the rest of the year. I don't see him helping the team this year. Anyways, let him rest his body and either come back stronger or trade him if an unbelievable trade deal comes down the pipe. I don't see the Cowboys doing it, but the Raiders or Jags, maybe Titans, I can see them pulling the trigger on a deal with us. We'll see. Um, We'll see. I personally don't think Adrian comes back, but um, maybe, and I wouldn't be against him coming back. Quite frankly, I wouldn't mind it at all. Would love to see him come back, actually, but um, yeah, well, well, I'll get back to it. I, I don't even know how much I want to say at this point. Josh Mayer Henry saying, I would cry to see a talent like Peterson to the Raiders or Jags. I kind of agree with Dave letting him sit the rest of the year and be in great shape going into next year. Could be good. Yeah, that's true because no miles were put on Adrian except that one single game. So, <laughs> so that's, the, that's the thing. Only one game... Mark Carlson saying, guess the league is making an example. Robin Sullivan saying, I'm sure you know my feelings. So, yep. Lots of frustration and lots of the whole, uh, 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 it's like, almost like setting, yeah, it's setting an example because of the whole Ray Rice situation. Oh, we let Ray Rice, um, we only gave Ray Rice a two-game suspension at the time before we saw that video. Oh, boy, uh uh-oh, we got to go ape crap now after that. I mean, I can kind of understand that in a way, and of course, the loud people are going to be loud, and they're not going to stop being loud. And that's just the way they were raised. That's the way, uh, or they that they weren't raised, we'll say. <laughs> the loud people are going to be loud. Uh, I'd like to go with the speak softly and carry a big stick versus the speak loudly and carry a limp stick, but that's uh, my point of view there. I don't like the, uh, the way people go crazy, get really loud about things all the time, and eventually get their way because of it. It's... Uh, the same group of people that calls everybody a bully when in reality, just who's the bully in the grand scheme of things. So, that's kind of my point of view, I guess. I'm more annoyed with the reaction of people about get him out of there, this and that, than the the fact that he's not playing in general. Then the... It's the attitude and the way they kind of bully their way through everything with their big mouths. That's, That's what's bugging me a little bit. So, I guess... I guess I'm moving on because I have to, in a sense. And at the same time, I think the punishment's too harsh. Yes, I I, I think the punishment's too harsh. But at the same time, again, it's kind of like, I kind of mentally shut down on the whole thing anyway, figuring that, you know what, it is what it is. I mean, no one, there's like nothing we can do about it anyway at this point. And... Like the progress by Jarek McKinnon, I do think he's got a nice future in this league, and he's got 500 yards already, so that's good. 500 yards for Jarek McKinnon. A lot better than Michael Bennett certainly was early on in his career, and most of his career, other than only his second season in the league, when another underachieving left tackle was drafted at the time. That actually made him good for one year. Like, he actually looked good being Brian McKinney in his rookie year, and after that, kind of disappointing most of the time after that. (laughs) Inconsistent, we'll say. So we'll leave that as is. Uh, I'm not going to talk about Adrian anymore until he suits up for the Vikings or the Cowboys or the Jaguars, unless there's another big giant uh, news story. It'll be it'll be somebody, maybe the Cowboys, maybe the Dolphins. Who knows who it's going to be? Uh, uh, we'll we'll worry about it when we get there. Maybe it'll be the 49ers, you know, because uh, Gore's getting old and the 49ers are pretty good and all that good stuff. So we'll see. Who knows? Maybe it'll be Seattle. Maybe Marshawn Lunch is done in Seattle. <laughs> Marshawn Lunch. Sorry, I, I had to do that. Uh, 
posted a picture about Tallgrass Vanilla Bean, so even though I haven't uh, done a commercial on it yet, I did a, I guess a photo commercial, we'll call it. See what people say here, because I know uh, somebody has had some here. <coughs> Excuse me. Mark Carlson saying, I have to get some. Gerald Sring saying, thanks for the gold stars, Joey. To celebrate, I tried a couple of tall grass drafts in old, at, at Old Chicago's in Kearney, N.E. last night in Nebraska, I believe. They were awesome. <laughs> yep, very cool. And uh, you, have, you deserve the gold stars, Gerald, without a doubt. I asked him which one he tried, and he said it was Buffalo Sweat. And he also had a Zombie Monkey. Buffalo Sweat and Zombie Monkey. He posted a picture on there. A very, actually, nice... <laughs> You might think this is kind of crazy, but the way you put those together and the lighting in that room, it's that was actually that turned out to be a really nice picture. You know, it came out real clear, really cool, actually. And he said he ultimately liked uh, the buffalo a little bit more, had a little more bite, <clears throat> maybe a little more bite in the buffalo. Something there you go. Uh, the buffalo I think is a little more smooth, and the zombie seems to be a little more bite in my opinion. But hey, that's up to you there when things go. As I'm trying not to cough to death here, I don't know what's going on. It's like something's ah, ah, it's like that, you know. It's kind of crazy. So here we go. <clears throat> Vikings versus Packers in-game thread. I think I'll get to the post-game for now. Maybe I'll dig around in the in-game later. See what's going on, and then onto the Twitter to wrap things up. Sebastian Bowles really getting pissed off right here, saying can't tackle, can't pass, can't. I don't know about the can't pass, but partially yes, partially no. Uh, can't play field position, <laughs> can't beat a rival, can't block. Take Khalil off the GD mother bleeping field. Whoa, <laughs> yeah, intense, crazy, but true. Todd Grunlian saying good deed today. And in the grand scheme of things, it was. It just let us down, down at the end, though, when Eddie Lacey walked right through. It makes me tired even thinking about that. That's why I got kind of disoriented in the game review, because, uh it's just so fucking, so frustrating. I almost dropping F-bombs here. It's just so crazy, so frustrating. So, it just is what it is. Um, it's just so frustrating, yeah. Uh, Todd Vanderme saying, we need a veteran quarterback and the O-line needs to return their paychecks. They are not earning them. Yeah. Yep, Todd Vanderme out of Indiana. Yes, sir. Mark Carlson out of Iowa saying, Todd, I agree on the O-line, but not ready to put Teddy on the bench. Yeah. Yep. I, I, yeah, I'm in Mark's area there. I, I agree about the uh, O-line, but not Teddy. Yeah. Um, Mark saying, yeah, don't put Teddy on the bench. A veteran quarterback would be welcome. However, I think that Teddy is getting the job done while playing better every game. On the job training, let's bench Khalil instead. Yeah, I like that. That's a star candidate, Mark. Even though you could say Todd was a candidate too because of the in general they're not earning their paychecks. Gerald String saying O-line way out of sync. I don't know if 100% on Khalil but after today can just as well start benching a few underperformers. Yeah, I like that. I like it a lot. Uh, huh. Sebastian saying Khalil got destroyed all year even by Allen who hasn't done bleep all year. Dave Hickey saying I agree with Mark 100%. Teddy is improving when a quarterback has so little time to find an open receiver downfield because of a terrible, yep, yep, exactly. A terrible O-line play. It's difficult to look real good or make plays. Just imagine, yep, as I paused here on Dave here to get to say this. Yeah, just imagine if Teddy Bridgewater had 
a, defense, a decent offensive line in front of him, I got to think things would be dramatically different. Back to Dave, he says, uh, I just wish he would have thrown the ball deeply in the game instead of taking a sack. You can get an interference penalty or a big play. That is just as good as a punt if it does get intercepted. <laughs> he did miss on a few passes, but his receivers missed on a lot more catches. Yeah, that's true. I'm sorry, Joy, but CP is garbage as a receiver. I've had him starting in my fantasy league for weeks, thinking this will be the game. He turns it on, but no. I don't <laughs> I don't know if he is still hurt, but he sucks as a receiver. The D played both good and bad, yep. Greenway has lost a few steps, and Barr missed on quite a few tackles. Yeah, Barr has taken a step back the past couple of weeks, yeah. And he's not been healthy either. Uh, the officiating was bad, plain and simple. Please bench Galileo. He is a backup, if anything, in this league. <clears throat> well, I hope I make the deadline before your show starts. Yep, Joey, happy Thanksgiving to all the Purple Mafia family. <laughs> Definitely an absolute star candidate, Dave Hickey. Yep. And, yeah, that's something I need to say right here, right now, and I'll probably say it at the end as well. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And I will post it on the Facebook page later during the week when it's about that time anyway. But no, thank you and very much, very happy Thanksgiving to you, Dave, and to all of you out there listening in the United States of America and across the pond. The Dave Martins over there, not sure. well, obviously it's not the United States, but, you know, I'll still say it, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, look at me. It's, it's more of a U.S. holiday. I apologize. But, um, yeah, Dave, Sebastian, Gerald, Mark, oh, man, all you guys. Matthew Kyle, Todd Grunlian, Todd Vandermeer. Oh, man, so many of you. Tony Coleman, all you guys out there. Justin Day. <laughs> yep, happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Absolutely. Got to say that. So that wrapped up that section. I'm going to dig around a little bit in the in-game thread. Not sure if I'm really going to mention any because it's a lot. Most of it's just in-game stuff where you get mad and kind of yell. Sebastian's saying that's all she wrote. Mark Carlson says, bummed. I did not expect a W, but I'm still bummed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll leave that alone. I got, uh, Bash, uh, Sebastian, Bash, that's his nickname, saying, this is awful, I'm so pissed, can someone borrow me a tall grass, yep. <laughs> uh, Sebastian again saying, my boss doesn't, even my boss doesn't watch football, but notice the refs aren't calling, the holds, the refs aren't calling on Green Bay, yeah. Even my mom, even my mom said that, yeah, so, yeah, there you go, Sebastian. Sebastian's a star candidate. Uh, lots of really good stuff. He's an overall star candidate for this one. Lots of passion and lots of good, strong takes along the way. So there you go. Uh, I think I have a pretty good idea where I'm headed with the stars. But let's get to Twitter first. Doggone it. Let's get to Twitter before I get too far ahead. Yeah, I, I don't want to run the uh, fan interaction segment too long, if, not, if necessary. So... What do we got in here? That was a while ago. Uh, I apologize for these delays here. Dave Barton saying, 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 hey, we need some good signs. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We need some good signs during the course of the game. How I was saying how, yeah, we uh, forced the Packers into a rare punt. Yep. Dave Martin out of Northern Scotland area. J.P. Gary was saying, pick your poison, because I said the defensive game plan is definitely focused on pass coverage, run defense not so much, and how ironic that that ended up being the uh, 
final blow in the game. It wasn't the reason the Vikings lost the game, but it kind of was. But it kind, of, but then again, it kind of was. It's like pick your poison in terms of like, man, I guess the poison is fatal no matter what in this one. You give up like 400 yards passing and a trillion points from Aaron Rodgers' touchdowns and all that, throwing touchdowns and 400 yards, or you get bludgeoned to death by Eddie Lacy. It's, that's, uh, this is going to be a tough division to win, I think, for many, many years, it looks like right now, and that, that really sucks Sucks to be us right now, to be quite honest. J.P. Gary saying, pick your poison. I don't mind it. Can't take everything away. And at the end of the day, yes, if you have to pick the poison, it is better that our <laughs> pass defense was so good today for the most part. For the most part, not all the time, because Munderland got beat a couple times along the way, and Blandon is Blandon, and he's always getting beat, and they weren't particularly good. Yet at the same time, that run defense, if only they could have stopped Eddie Lacy. Just just stop Eddie Lacy on one of those two attempts. Maybe Bridgie could have had one more shot at winning the game. Maybe Gump could have won this one. But, um, yeah, if you're going to stop something, I suppose the pass, for the most part, it kept the Packers in check. It kept the Vikings in position to win the game. But then the run defense ended up not winning the game for the Vikings. Dave Martin is saying, uh, I forget what I was saying. Yeah, he's responding to the same thing about the approach. <laughs> Dave Martin saying, my defensive game plan is to drink more and turn over if this goes south. <laughs> Jared Ballard, welcome aboard. He f- followed today. Really appreciate him for that. Uh, we were agreeing about how, let's see, he said, Jared Ballard said, it makes me sick that they sit there at the games and let opposing fans get louder than us. That should never happen. I Yeah, I agree. Vikings Nation is saying that as well. Hate hearing the crackers at TCF. I was saying how it's annoying, and Jared saying, big time, he followed me today, which is I very much appreciate. I did a couple of retweets and favorites of some of the things I was saying. Dave Martin saying, if the D out there for most of the time, we have no hope. What's pathetic is the old line not eating clock. Yeah, yep. Yep, we didn't do anything out there. Captain Munderland needs to make a play. And there were a lot of plays that could have been made on the field, you know, and that's what that's where he was responding to me saying that. And I basically, in general, I'm like, this team is very hard to watch because they are. <laughs> because they are. Dave saying, can't knock the D today. They did a solid job. And I suppose basically like, we can knock it for not getting the job done when necessary. You can make a billion plays and screw up at the end. And that's what pissed me off. Dave's saying uh, you can start by knocking that so-called LG, left tackle, actually LT, not left guard, uh, real waste of a first-round pick. And I totally hear you, Dave, and totally agree. But yeah, he meant the left tackle. It's understandable there. Um, Robin Sullivan saying, good game, though. Baby steps, they are growing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was basically like they were solid, but it was predictable at the end. She said... Could have been much worse. Yes, we knew it would end this way. SMH Khalil. What the hell? Yep. Yep. Um, I was talking about how we should, might, might as well cancel whatever playoff tickets we had left. <laughs> Justin in Rochester. Justin Day saying those were gone when we lost to Buffalo. Yeah. Um, that was the final nail in the coffin. So I do understand that thought process there in a big way. Ma- uh, Mackie, Mackie Jeremy saying we should trade Khalil for a six-round pick. <laughs> Robin Sullivan saying could have... Okay, I already read that. What the hell? Twice? No. Nope, I just read it twice. He's saying, can you say dumbass he needs to go, that being Khalil? That's Robin Sullivan saying that. Uh, almost done here. Dave saying... The other Dave, Dave Martin. Yep, not Dave Hickey. 
saying, you can start by knocking that. What the hell? Again? Why is it up here like this? Okay, Malcolm McSween. Malcolm saying, even when they knew he was going to run. Yep, meaning uh, Eddie Lacy. Malcolm wrapping things up here saying, weird to say, but this was a this was a loss a lot easier to take considering the role the pack has been on. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's good. It's true because the Packers were giving up fifty points. You know, back to back weeks, there everybody thought, up oh, they're going to get fifty again, three in a row. Now well, they got slightly less than half of that. So very good for the uh, the Vikings in that sense. Good good thoughts there, Malcolm. It still sucks to lose, but uh, good thoughts, good thoughts indeed. Good. Thoughts, indeed. That was, uh, yeah. So, let's get to the stars. The Fred Targington and the Tavares Jackson Memorial. I don't know who to give what anymore. It's like, who? <laughs> who gets what? And it's like, and, and who cares, right? Who cares? <laughs> no, if Teddy Bridgewater didn't throw that interception, I'd almost give it to him for keeping us in the game down the stretch or keeping us, you know, for being gump. But if only he could be more consistent. So I can't quite give it to him, unfortunately. Um, I'm going to go with the Tavares Jackson first this time around. It's Cordero Patterson. Even though Matt Khalil is the worst tackle in the league, I feel like I've not been giving Cordero Patterson his just due on this show. I've been quiet about him, and I've been just ripping Matt Khalil nonstop. But Cordero Patterson needs to make a play. He's not making a play. He's not getting open. And I, I... I don't know what his problem is. It's like he's just high or something. Like he's just, like he's just acting like he's high. Like he, all he cares about is where's the party, you know. And I think I talked about it on the last episode actually. But just, I'm gonna give you your just due today, Cordero. I'm sorry. Two catches, 18 yards against this team. No, big players, big stars show up in games like this. Cordero Patterson did not do that. Even Greg Jennings outperformed him today as did Charles Johnson with his first career touchdown. But even Greg Jennings outperformed Cordero Patterson, who's been a who's been a big nothing, you know, in terms of production. Joe Banyard had one more receiving yard than Cordero Patterson. Joe Banyard had one more receiving yard than Cordero Patterson against the Packers. So Cordero Patterson, I'm sorry. Tavares Jackson Memorial. Fran Tarkinian Award, the player of the week. Ugh, it's like I don't even want to give it to him, but I uh, and I probably shouldn't. But I, uh, no, no, I, I was going to give it to Charles Johnson. He'll be an honorable mention. I'll give it to Xavier Rhodes because he and go ahead, laugh at me, this that, whatever it is. But I think Xavier Rhodes did a really good job today, knocking those two. I mean, knocking two passes away, and many, and many other passes that he, well, he took away the passing lane, so to speak. He made the passes uncatchable. He didn't give space to the receivers for the most part. Xavier Rhodes is the Fran Tarkinen Award winner. There it is, Xavier. No interception, no pick six, but a very solid defender who continues to get better. Xavier Rhodes getting his just reward today. Fran Tarkinen Award to Xavier Rhodes. All right, so time for some stars. Time to pass out the stars. Should I go? Should I go from bronze to gold? I think I should have always done it that way anyway in the first place. Bronze star today. It's going to go to Gerald String. More strong comments. Very strong all the way. Always got a lot of good things to say. Sebastian Ball's silver star. Incredible amount of passion all over the place. And gotta, I got to get him back on the show. 
once again today, and a gold star going to a, a Hall of Famer. And Mark Carlson will get an honorable mention, too. He's kind of like a bronze star, basically, for a lot of good things he had to say. Um, but yeah, Gerald String also with the whole Buffalo sweat and all that good stuff. Very super strong bronze star for him. The gold star, though, it's going to go to another Hall of Famer <laughs> of Purple Mafia. Another guy from Iowa who's had a lot of gold stars, Dave Hickey. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. All over the place. Really good things to say along the way. Um, and Josh Mayer Henry, also an honorable mention in general for a lot of good things he had to say last week. It's a huge shame. I mean, he would have been a star last week, so I'll give him like a post, or I'll give him like a last week's. <laughs> I'll give him a silver star for last week's show, not this show, last week's show. So a late silver star for Josh Mayer Henry. But a well-deserved gold star for Dave Hickey today. He was the gold star winner for 2013. And I'm sure he'll be a candidate for 2014. Absolutely. Not sure where to go for that right now. Way too early. Um, Lots of good things from everybody today. Well, uh, great comments. Lots of frustration. But, okay, more baby steps. More baby steps in general, as Robin Sullivan said. Very cool. Just shows my listeners do know what they're talking about for them. You know, yeah, they, they do know what they're talking about. They love this team, but they also love the National Football League and, and our objective as well. They're not coming on here just saying, oh, Skull Vikings, blah, blah, blah. No, we got to be honest about the situation. But at the same time, we can't just only pile on the team and not recognize the fact that there are baby steps being made along the way. Is it a moral victory? No. I want to beat the Packers. I don't care if it's uh, I don't care if we're if it's our only win of the whole season. If we're one in fifteen, I still want to win. I still want to beat the Packers. But I, I mean, at the same time, I still want to win football games. Now, I mean, I'm not thinking about the draft anymore because we can't just stay like that forever. I want to win football games, and I want Rick Spielman to pick the right guys if he survives this off season. <laughs> if he even survives this off season, who knows? He probably will, but you never know. That's that's a thought to possibly go into as we get into the final stretch of this season. Will will Rick Spielman be brought back? Who who knows what's going to happen? I say probably, but you never do know. Surprises do happen sometimes. Mike Zimmer, nice uh, nice defense. I just wish they could have stopped it at the end, and I'm sure he feels the same way, and I know he does, without a doubt. I'm sure that's eating at him right now as I speak. Just eating at him that the Vikings run defense could not make the final plays along the way to at least give Teddy Bridgewater a chance to show what Gump is all about, beating the Packers on the final drive of the game. So we shall see what happens, ultimately, next week against the Carolina Panthers. And I do think Teddy Bridgewater has a nice game against the Panthers. Again, like I said, 21-13. to Sounds about exactly like the kind of score I do expect, so it'll probably be different, because <laughs> it always is. I had this one being a high-scoring game, and it wasn't. <laughs> no. At least for the Packers, and it wasn't. The Vikings defense got it done. I think the Vikings defense gets it done against Carolina. If they get slaughtered by the Panthers, boy, we suck. That's all I got to say about that. We'll leave with that. The cold weather's coming back. So I hope you didn't put your winter coats away thinking that somehow, someway we're going to have a warm winter because eh, winter's back. Yeah, it didn't. It just, it just took two days off. That's all. It, it needed a break. <laughs> we'll be back next week. And, uh,. Yeah, we'll be talking some vanilla from some vanilla bean buffalo sweat next week. So do look forward to that. Take care, everybody.